In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my time-traveling partner is the one and only Marty McFly. <clears throat> Marty McFly, a.k.a. Travis T. Lyle. Rizzle. T- I, I prefer T. Rizzle. Yeah, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> Doc Brown Undies. Doc Brown Undies. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so uh, this is the Comic Exposure Podcast. Whoa, On this pod- are you done with time-traveling puns? I, I, we I moved past this part of the show already. It, 88 miles per hour, buddy. Right, That's how fast I'm away. moving. Oh, I like it. Good sex. <laughs> All right. So on the Comic Exposure Podcast, we read comic books. Uh, we talk about pop culture nerd stuff. We interview people from around the comics community. Today is a comic book club episode. So Travis and I, uh, today's episode is on Chrononauts. Or, right. oh, yeah, Chrononauts. Yeah, Chrononauts. Like, chrononauts. Like, cro- not, it's not the donut. It's, not, the it's a cronut, right? Yeah. So you <laughs> messed up. You let me borrow your knots, and I know. now you're doing this podcast, and you got no knots. I have no knots in my hand. Yeah, if you but... want to look at my knots, you can just <laughs> you can just Skype it in. Hey, yeah, our guest has a, has a knots too. Everybody's got knots but me. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, Image Comics Chrononauts today, uh, by sh- uh, created by uh, Mark Millar and Miller and. Yeah. Uh, See, you made me say it. Mark Miller and Sean Murphy are the uh, the guys in charge of this one. Our but guest today. Before we got that, you got yeah. your guest on. You got your boy on. Why don't you introduce uh, our guest, yeah. and we will our, um, take it from and there. And then we'll get rolling. All right, our guest Is tonight, that what you were going to do, Josh? That's what I was about that? to do. Okay. You cut me off. Our guest tonight is the one and only Norman Roscoe Conklin III, Ooh, my hello. brother from another mother. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Roscoe and I go way back, back to like fourth grade. Right? Yeah, about that. About that. Yes, Can sir. you say, say hello to everybody out in hello. podcast land? Hello. I Roscoe uh, had a vape pen in his hand. It was just a regular oh. pen. It's a, just pen. a regular it pen. It's actually a Star Wars pen that has a projector in it that projects Stormtrooper head on the wall. Ooh. You can't see it, but you, can... you are on the right. Oh, podcast, you blinded me. Oh. <laughs> Can I just tell you something, guys? I'm sky- yeah. we're Skyping in here. The beard game is strong from two of you. <laughs> Travis, just... you need to grow out your Justin Timberlake beard. Yeah. You can do it. You can my do a little wispy, tiny one. My wispy cat licked on uh, beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Roscoe and I go way back. I think Roscoe, I can throw it back to uh, the very first conversation we had was about a never-ending story, part two. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And how much it wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah, that was that was our first conversation on the playground as fourth graders. Because did we see each other at the movie? Did we see each other at the movie? I don't remember exactly what happened, but I know we talked about no, it. No, we did. That's absolutely right. I completely yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. We saw each other at the movie. And we're like, hey, I go to school with that kid because there's only right. like five of us at that whole school. And mm-hmm. so it was like really weird to see another another Merrillite out in the wild, out in the wild. Did you guys eat like your peanut butter jelly sandwiches together at lunch? Be like, no, we can't finish them. We've got to save I'm it for pre- later. We've got to save I'm it for later. I'm pretty sure Josh had like a peanut allergy or something. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was definitely. Looking- got some allergies. He I'm allergic to everything but like someone who has allergies. <laughs> so, Roscoe, we have a question that we ask all of our guests. I'm going to let Travis, because he always asks this question. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give you your due diligence, Travis. I'm going to give you Here your right. Ask the question. Here we go. 
Roscoe, Jenkins, the third. <laughs> Close. <laughs> junior. Junior. You didn't say P. Gold Train, so we're all right. <laughs> I have a question to ask you. I've been meaning to ask it for a long time. What was your first exposure to comics? Well, that's a tough question. Is that is that like my first where I was actually interested or when I just first held a comic in my hand? The appropriate Either. answer you is both. yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So before before I'll tell you before the time, but I've I've my father used to buy me some comics, but they would be like Tales from the Crypt or some kind of archy crap that he would just pick up. And I was never really interested because to me it was like the equivalent of reading the Sunday funnies in the Sunday paper. But when Josh and I started hanging out, his dad was a General Motors worker and he would come home on like Wednesdays. And when Josh and I would be hanging out, he'd have this paper sack filled with comics and there were people in this sack that I didn't even know were possible like a guy with adamantium claws that would come out of his flipping hands and I knew who Batman was but I wasn't familiar with the Batman storyline and Josh had these like other comic boxes they look like paper ream boxes just filled with comics and little baggies and boards and stuff and <laughs> I was just enamored with it and I, I was, was a serious comic kid, man. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I didn't even really realize that that kind of stuff was out there, that the, all these different characters were out there. And and uh, my first real introduction to comics was when I read Spawn 1, Image Comics, Todd oh, McFarlane. Oh, that's a good intro. That's a That that really uh, – it, it dates you to a certain it, era of time. It does, doesn't it? And, and I at that point, because I was, I was going through that whole heavy metal Metallica and to have a, a comic so violent that I was like really – I was like, wow, I didn't think – you know, in my mind, cartoons could be this awesome, and uh, Spawn One was great. Oh, I, remember, and I remember that logo, the Spawn logo. They, I used to have a sweet jacket, like one of those members only <laughs> jackets that had the Spawn logo on the back of it. God, I wish like I still the, had like that the thing. hourglass, yeah, the clock logo. Oh uh, no, yes. no, the, uh, the circle head, but it had like the Spawn kind of skull type thing yeah. in it. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, on beanies is... everywhere. All the heavy, heavy metal kids would wear like Spawn beanies. It's distinctly a lot like it's a lot like (laughs) shove me in my locker. (laughs) No, I did not. If you actually met me, I'm like four foot tall. I mean, I'm I'm literally eight feet. You're huge in my book, my friend. (laughs) Roscoe is actually a hobbit. This is (laughs) (laughs) he's got good taste in liquor. Did that glass get thicker? Like, did it get more full in the last two seconds? It's the master bottles over there. (laughs) 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 All right, so. Uh, All right, so Spawn, we, we got Spawn, number one. Yeah. Spawn, and uh, I read, I think at that time, Josh only had Spawn, because they were only up to, like, issue seven by the time I read the first one. And then I started collecting only Spawn comics at that point, and I collected up until, uh, I think, a little bit after issue 100 came out. But um, I've I've always been really particular about comics that I purchase, because I'm not a collector, but I do love reading stories. So... I purchased a lot of Spawn comics, and then I got out of it for quite a while. When I got to college, I had picked up um, what people were kind of talking about at the time was Walking Dead. So when I went back to the beginning, I got Walking Dead 1, and there's been a lot of little things that I've got here and there. I I, I was buying Battle Pope for a while. And <laughs> That's a quality was, one, man. <laughs> it was interesting, and then I, I bought... Um, just random stuff. I find that I like to just grab sometimes, just grab and go off the shelves. So your your comic taste has gotten a little more loosey-goosey as opposed to like, I don't want any fat in my collection. I want these titles specifically because you collected like four years of Spawn run. 
I really did. I collected yeah. quite a while because I even went and bought all the back issues too that Josh had. And um, oh, I was a big Max fan. I liked the Max. I thought I, the Max, Max was good. awesome. You know, Max is back. No, like, I did not it's know like that. Max maximized or something like that. So oh. like, I don't know if they're redoing the stories or it's a continuation of it, but it's not on Image anymore. Okay. So whoever owned it over at Image is now doing it somewhere else. But I've seen it at the store. I've never. I've always wanted to pick it up because I remember it. But I don't remember it enough to be like, do you, yeah. Do you remember the MTV cartoon, Max? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember was, the yeah, MTV dark. Five. That yeah, was, was dark. dark shit, man. Yeah. I remember and the HBO being like, Spawn, too. I like that. The HBO Spawn. Oh, was whoever played the violator in that was just creepy. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. So that has been Spawn Talk on Comic Exposure. No, I haven't <laughs> talked about Spawn in a long time. That was fun. So you uh, know let me I ask go- you. Be- oh, go ahead. I'd like to go back and I have I have not read it in so long. There's a part of me that wants to go back and read like the first arc and see how it holds up. I just I suspect that I will not like it as much. Like Neverending but... Story Two, there are some things you just can't go back to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I want to ask you this, uh, Roscoe, about uh, Josh. So when you guys were when you guys were hanging out with your wangs out, reading comic books from paper bags, did this? Love, did this carry over into the public sector, or did you keep your uh, uh, comic love on the, the down low? Well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, because I mean, to me, being a lover of comic books was never anything I but was ashamed of. You know, it's right. like uh, I had to worry about it. But to me, it's just something I did in my spare time. It wasn't, I wasn't running around with a, a Batman shirt. Although I'm pretty sure I had a Spawn shirt at one point once it got really popular. Uh, so it's just something that I've always been due to that and all the things that come along with it. Like, uh, I'm into board games and I'm a science, I'm a science dork hands down. So I can't really say that it's something that I was a part of my mantra as a human, but mm. I definitely, I would say like we grew up in like a really small town. Yeah. So like it was hard to be outwardly anything, right? Yeah. Cause like we didn't live near a mall so when you were younger, you couldn't go, like, get the cool stuff at the mall. Like, you went, like, twice a year for school shopping. Right. And then, like, occasionally you would go. So it was never, like, this outward thing. Like, oh, look at me. I, I collect comic books, and here's my – here's the box that I fit in because of it. Because right. we literally grew up in the middle of nowhere, uh, and, and it was hard to be anything but, like, a kid from the middle of nowhere, you know? Did you have to walk, like, 20 miles in the snow for, like, a Spider-Man swatch? Well, uh, not- if- <laughs> go ahead if if you wanted to get anywhere it was 20 miles it, okay. it was like oh you want to go to the mall that's 25 miles like and not 25 miles through suburbs like we're used to here in arizona but like 25 miles and nothing like a good chunk of nothing. Yeah, cornfields what are you yeah. talking about nothing cornfields cornfields and trees did you ever do the walk to the next town where you're just like you and your buddy are like we're gonna do it we're gonna walk to the next town like i don't ride. know that it, yeah bike riding <laughs> no. i don't know that everybody walked to the next town but we used to get well, to lost give, in the woods. To give you an idea, the district that that town is in, if you were to look at the school district itself, is is like uh, 35 or 40 miles long but only 15 miles wide. And it's all cornfield. It's all cornfield the whole way. And it's like the smallest It's like the smallest amount of kids ever, but this giant district because it's in the middle of nowhere. Like you got a stoplight. Yeah. We have a stoplight. <laughs> One stoplight. Two or three bars. Oh, you're one stoplight town. That's how they define towns. Like this is a yeah. one stoplight town. And you one stoplight. Stop because we don't like your kind around here. Get me, like, comic nerd. <laughs> Come we got on, like a food and stuff store where they have food and stuff. 
<laughs> not just food, food and stuff. Right. <laughs> Do you need a nightlight and potato chips? Come the food and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a tire iron and hot dog buns? Come the food and stuff. We got you. We got you. Josh, All right. So I let's go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, a lot of our time was spent with your imagination because you don't go to town. You don't get to go to the movie theater often because if you got parents at work, they got to drive you 30 miles to the nearest big town where there is movie theater. Josh and I spent a lot of times running around the woods slaying dragons like any dweeby kid would, you know. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like in uh, Witches, you know, they talk about that in this comic we read a couple months ago. Uh, gosh, maybe like a year ago now. But um it was all based – all this dark horror story came out of his and his buddy's imaginations from playing in the woods. And all of a sudden those trees turn into villains and those shadows turn into spirits. And it's crazy what, what, what goes on. That sounds, sounds weird. I was about to say it's crazy what goes on in the woods between two young boys. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely take that in a different direction, say the mind of a young man, but no. That's true. Well, for sure well, you will find points. porn. You will find porn out in the woods. You will. Maybe you will you, definitely. And you know what? Next to that porn, there might be some Spawn comic books. I feel like those that, that goes hand in hand. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> I feel like someone in the refractory period is going to want to read a couple of issues of Spawn. <laughs> maybe. You're maybe. not going to walk 20 miles and then head back home. You're going to need an afternoon of it. Yeah. So right. let's, let's <laughs> dive into uh, Chrononauts. I think we've, we've, sure. our, we've segued away at the beginning of the show. Let's dive into uh, Chrononauts. Now, I, I want to talk to... more about your childhood growing up. I'm getting insight <laughs> into here. I, I, was, I keep wanting to call it Chrononauts. Like a it's like chrono. a it's chrono. I know that's a Latin chrono. word. Chrono? chrono, chrono, chrono. It's chrono. I keep calling it chrono, chrono as well. Nuts. It's chrono. Like chrono trigger. Remember that game? Well, the word chrono means has Time. to do with just Google it. Just Google I know, it. dude. The phonetic <laughs> spelling will be there, man. Chrono. Hey. I'm gonna call it chrono for like the whole podcast on accident. For, chrono, it okay, okay. It, the word is chronology, isn't it? So, isn't in looking. <laughs> 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 so in looking up like stuff on this book just just kind of background information um when i type in chrononauts a board game pops up before yep. anything else and apparently it's a really popular board game i don't know i you saw play- that today actually yeah anyways that was my thing on chrononauts <laughs> and we're done that was chrononauts uh so, so we have um this book um it was published in, uh, I think it started in spring of last year, 2015. Uh, the story is by Mark Miller. Uh, and Mark Miller, you might know, Mark Miller has just been having a, a fantastic last decade in comics. I mean, all his properties, his independent properties have been turned into movies. Um, uh, Wanted, he wrote that series. That was turned into a movie. Not a great movie. Uh, Kick-Ass, right? That was turned into a movie. Um, what's the new one with the... Um, the, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of thing. It had like the Secret Service. Oh, uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Kingsman oh, was the latest I didn't know one. That. Yeah, he's That's Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman and, was a good movie. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, I, I did. Liked it. I liked it. it. it was good. It's definitely got a flavor to it that we'll talk about later that appears in this book. Now that I say, oh, this is the same guy who writes Kingsman, you're like, oh, yeah, I can tell. I can tell that, that, that I think that same basic tone uh, lies within this book. Uh, so what what he's done in this is he's teamed up with uh, Sean Murphy, who I can't. I'm actually excited to talk about the art in this podcast. Some always I always feel like I'm always like ah, I don't know. I'll talk about art. I love Sean Murphy's art. Beside the point, I'll save it. But he teams up with Sean Murphy. Um, this is a creator owned book. So Mark Miller wrote the book, uh, but 
in handing it over to Sean Murphy, of course, Sean Murphy did a lot of the character designs. And when you're collaborating with anyone, there's going to be kind of that co-creator aspect to it. Um, and this has been out. It's, it was four issues. It is a four-issue run in the first run. Uh, we'll talk later about possible sequels to this. But it's four complete issues now out in trade. Um, and uh, do you want to give the uh, two minute? You want to give the summary, Josh? Yeah, I can right. give. I can give the summary. Right, right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep it under two minutes. I think I can because it's really four. It's four issues. So Make the story minutes, is. I'm gonna grab a drink. I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the book in front of me, so I'm not gonna get names, and that's okay. So there are two scientists, two scientists who are out to change the world through time travel, right? And so there's like a reality TV show that's following them while they're doing all this or something like that. They're on TV. And the two guys, uh, they build a time machine, but it's not like a time machine like you and I think it's a time machine. It's a time suit. And they take this time suit and they uh, travel back in time. And it's like buddy comedy through time travel. Uh, They jump from place to place. Then the only thing I think is uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones chases them through time. Right. I was going to say Richard right. Nixon, but it is, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones chases them through time. Uh, they end up fixing everything they've done wrong, except one thing. Hilarity ensues. There's my there's my. Pitch. I will say it's not Tommy Lee Jones. If people haven't read this comic book, they're going to be like, that's kind of fucked up. It's Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> he looks like Tommy looks Lee Jones. just yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, summary of the plot. I mean, we're dealing with I, – I don't think this – and let's, let, let's launch right into it. I don't think – that the premise of this uh, story is what makes the story. No. I'm just going to throw that out there. Discuss. <laughs> I would say that they dive right into it. They go like, yeah, we can travel through time. We made suits. Right? There's not a lot of like sci- – tra- as the science guy, Roscoe, there's not a lot of science behind their time travel, is there? No. None. <laughs> <laughs> Left me wanting, but yeah, you, nothing. You wanted, you wanted like panels of them with like uh, – with like, like going over formulas of how it's going to work. Well, I want to have a discussion whether or not time is linear or a greater fast of the multiverse, something like that. <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> the, the book definitely lacks that. I think it even really lacks the consequences of time travel. Right. Well, they hint- fix all their consequences. Well, at the same time, I don't really even see those. Like, for example, uh, um, you know, they have the home base station, which is watching their shenanigans uh, happen from present time. And they're worried because these these guys are mucking around the timeline. I would have liked to have seen – and they said – they even say, like, we wouldn't know what they changed because it would already be changed. But it's 2015. They're there. Nothing's changed for them even though so much of history has changed. So I don't – I didn't see the impending consequence of time travel in the book. Well, I can weigh in on that. raising his hand. (laughs) It it, it has to do with that that whole paradox idea, right? So at the end of the four-comic arc, they changed the timeline back. So they're living through those moments where they're actually bouncing around through time, changing it back. Because it it is kind of a linear perspective where everything that they've already done or that they already will do has already occurred. So that from (laughs) their perspective, nothing different has happened. So. Because like are three million years old. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the weirdest thing here. That's I thought Travis thought you already brought up a good point. You don't see anything. There's he goes back in time and brings like freaking World War One or World War Two soldiers to bear on it. this, and you don't see any consequences in the immediate. And my mind goes like, do you not see any consequences until they come back? Like is that is that where it happens? Like until they show up into the future? How does time? That's my only beef. My only beef. I like this book. It was fun. 
but you don't really get how time travel works or affects anything in it. There's that's not explained, you know. It's it just I, it's just a device to get them to Bill and Ted it through history, you know. Yeah. Um, Roscoe, so we didn't usually ask like what are your initial responses to. We jumped right into the time thing. Uh, Josh, you said you liked it. Roscoe, what was your initial impression after reading this book? Well. I, at first, you know, I did think the characters were a little flat at first, but then I there was a couple of days where I I was too tired to read it because I only read it before I go to bed, and then I, I went back and I started over, and then I, I, I kind of got it. I started accepting the book for what it was, which was plucky and fun and a couple of – let's be honest, there are a couple of dickheads running yeah. through the timeline, <laughs> screwing everything up. I mean you think about the kind of character it takes to be like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever the hell I want in the past and who gives a shit about the future because my life was sucky in the present. Once I accepted that as the general premise of the book, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was definitely fun. I'll definitely give it that. It was four, it was only four issues. So knowing that it was only four issues, I wasn't expecting like this giant story and I didn't get it. But what I did get is two dudes fucking up history and then right. like and then like, no, yeah, we should probably we should probably fix what we screwed up, right? Like oops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Roscoe is apparently dyslexic because it took him like he's like I would only read it before bed. It took me like three weeks to get through these four issues. <laughs> well, I get really tired, you know. <laughs> With I the have... size of your drinks that you're pouring, you're probably <laughs> passed out. No, but Josh, when Josh handed this over, we don't talk uh, typically about the books before before we um, uh, read them. And I didn't know anything about Chrononauts. I, I thought it was a totally different book. I thought it was going to be more like Aliens 2. Uh, or Aliens, I guess. Um, where it's, it's just like Alien. Sci-fi. Aliens. Um, no, the second one is Aliens. The first one is a- alien. alien. Yeah, I said right. Aliens 2, but then I took away the 2. Oh, oh okay. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. <laughs> Just all of them. You're, you're all up on my knots today. You're all up on my knots. Hey, man. I can't um, help it. <laughs> and so I didn't know anything about it. So when Josh handed it to me and he goes, I, he goes, it's uh, Wedding Crashers. In, it's like the Wedding Crashers guys go through time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like anything like I thought it was. So I adjusted a little bit of my expectations into it, and I thought that was a very apt description of these two main characters. It's definitely uh, like, it's Owen Wilson and, uh, what's his name? Well, I can't remember his name right now. He's Vince the big Vaughn. Liber- Vince yeah, the Vaughn. Guy. Yep. <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson traveling through time. Like, this entire, the entire book was essentially a bunch of montages. Am I right? Yes. Like, like, just montage after montage, like, here I am screwing up the timeline. Here I am bringing all these guys to fight for me. Here I am fixing everything. Like, it was literally every every issue had, like, a montage in it. And I, I don't have – I'm not upset with that, but it was definitely, like, here's our romp, here's our romp, here's our romp. And it reminded me of the beginning scene of Wedding Crashers when they're, like, zipping through all the weddings, right? right. They're sleeping with everybody. Yeah. That's right. what it reminded me of. All right, so a couple of questions on this. Uh, one, what was your favorite back in time montage moment in this book? Two, what would the what would the montage so- song be uh, in the film <laughs> version of this? I believe Wedding Crashers was "Jump Up and Shout Now." Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey. it was. Which it's might a, still was a wedding play song. In this book. It might work. <laughs> I think you could do the same exact thing with the same exact song. Now you don't have the book I in front of happen. you, Josh. Do you remember like your favorite uh, montage? I think my I think my favorite part is uh, when they're going to get all the people to fight with them. 
like the scene where they're like getting all the different soldiers to come battle it out against the the dude from whatever whatever ancient place they're at. I thought that was a, that was the coolest because then you see like you see them all bear down like all these different vehicles and all. Sean Murphy can draw anything, any vehicle you want him to draw. Yeah, he can yeah. do it. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and Phil Page's with mini vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, I'd say Ros- that was probably my favorite part. What about you, Roscoe? Uh, favorite well, montage time moment. There's a couple of them. The one I'm going to go to the latter one first, where they um, they get busted, and the, the 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 whatever the temporal security guards are chasing them through time. They got the yeah. it looks like a DeLorean. They're hopping through the different places. It just really needed some '80s music behind it because they're hopping through all the different time zones with their car. But my absolute favorite one is where after Corbin uh, Doctor Corbin Quinn gets off the time stream. He's running through uh, to try to, and then he reunites with the uh, blonde headed guy. What is it, Danny? He's showing him all the cool shit that you can do when nobody's paying attention. He's like, Come here, look at this. And then the, the mammal falls out of the muck, the yeah. first mammal. You know, he's like, Oh, come here. Oh, we should film this. And they, fir- they filmed the, you know, the birth of Christ with yeah. the eye. That's, what, that's, that's, what was, that's what I was kind of hoping to get, like your favorite one of those. My favorite was the birth of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's sure. this hilarious reaction when the character gives the gift, the wise man gift. I won't spoil what it is, but just the look, the way it's drawn on the guy's yeah. face is like, what? Like, how dare you? That's <laughs> like, like, yeah. We brought in some frankincense and some myrrh. What do you got? You know? It's like feeding a cow a cheeseburger. Like, that's like yeah. the same kind of. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and and I would put um, Rancid's uh, time bomb behind it. Oh yeah, dude. That's I don't know that I can top that. I don't know that I can top that. That is a that, or, or you know what? something really corny like eighties. Like uh, um, if it were eighties, I've got too much time on my hands. By uh, oh man, who's it by? Uh, too sticks. much time on my hands. Sticks. Oh. Yeah, sticks. <laughs> that actually would probably work. Sticks would actually work really well with this. It's I think got that's, that kind of cheesy good. retro vibe to it. That'd be good. All right, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk characters. Let's talk characters. Uh, Roscoe, you had said that they you, they felt a little flat for you, uh, but then it kind of worked itself out uh, because you kind of accepted that it's just a silly romp. There was at least there is one thir- one through line through the book, right? Like it is a redemption story of one dick, right? Like right. One, one asshole through the power of time travel is able to be everywhere at once. And be a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. That's a stretch. <laughs> that's a stretch. But yeah, yeah, it, it actually is. Yeah. But, but did you? What did we, What what did you think about it, Travis? What did you think about the the kind of arc that he well, goes through? For me, this book wasn't about arcs because uh, <laughs> the arcs in here are very loose. Uh, there's not a lot of time to build sympathy for the characters in between all the jokes. It isn't really until like the third book that you really start even the dad aspect is brought into the book, which I thought was a nice touch. I mean, because one of the things they do avoid doing as they hop through time is uh, encountering their personal lives uh, in their own time stream, like going to visit their six-year-old self and things like that. And so uh, one of the characters has this kind of regret, I shall say, between him and his father and it's a through line in the sense that you could that it, it brought up I think maybe 
mildly in each of the books, even if it's just like a phrase, oh, my father used to be this or my father used to be that. But it's not a through line for me in the idea that it really built momentum. And then I had this giant catharsis at the end when I was like, oh, that's a nice that's a nice ribbon around that storyline. It was just like, okay, it felt like they threw that in to have some heart, which is nice. It, it didn't dis- distract it, but um, it, just like you said, it, it's like the wedding, like the, the heart and wedding crashers. You yeah. Know? For me, yeah. it was for me the heart of this story more than that forced kind of father storyline was the the friendship and how the guy was willing uh, to at the end go through hell to help rescue his friend. Uh, and that's that bromance. The story is a bromance to the T, you know? Uh, and, and once you approach it as this is just a fun comic bromance, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think that, that there is this sort of, there is that little heart in it, but you're right. It's not a big part of it. But at the end he goes, okay, I've screwed everything up. So let me fix everything I did wrong. And, like, wouldn't it be nice if you had a time machine and you could, like, tuck your kids in and go to that meeting and, like, wouldn't take your nice wife? Wouldn't it we were older, Josh, that we wouldn't have to wait so long? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just love to live together in a type of world where we both belong. Oh, my. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Roscoe, <laughs> Roscoe, what did you think about um, – I want to ask you this. So, we're talking about the characters. This – idea for the book actually started as a short film uh mark miller was almost commissioned to do this short little 15 minute feature that was going to be part of this online collection of short sci-fi uh short movies and so he had this idea and then he had a budget of two hundred thousand dollars he goes i can't film this for two hundred thousand dollars even for the internet this is like a hundred million dollar movie he goes "Ooh, even better yet i can do whatever i want in a comic book so before we actually even started writing the comic book, he had sat down with the Hollywood big bigwigs, Miller, and they had already optioned it before he even finished the first issue. They optioned the idea of the film. And um, so does this film – do you think this film will translate well? I do think this film. Do you think this comic will translate well into film? If so, why? If, if not, what's not going to play? Well – that's a great question. So in preparation of this podcast, I did some homework on my own and I started reading everything that you had just said. And so after reading, I read the comic and then after I read the comic, I read all of that information. And to me, it then makes a lot more sense of why the comic actually reads why it does. And I'm not trying to knock the comic or nothing because I did have a lot of fun for it with it. But to me, it seems like a... a just a, an anticipatory set of getting ready to crank out another big budget Hollywood movie. They didn't put a lot of detail in there so they wouldn't, you know, piss off any diehard fans. It was more like just a, hey, we're going to present this idea. So it made a lot of sense, actually, that I think it would actually translate better into a plucky, fun movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even necessarily need roots in a comic book. I think the comic book was more just like a maybe a storyboard than anything for a potential like movie. A, like a proof of concept almost. Right, exactly. I, 
Uh, Roscoe, I also want to praise your use of a teacher phrase and uh, say uh, anticipatory set. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to applaud you for that right there. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know, Travis used to be a teacher not too long ago. Well, so, Josh, uh, you can see here he has his objectives for the podcast written behind him on his whiteboard. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, what about you, Josh? Um, like, okay, so for example, apparently the two big movie stars that are. Um, that have been asked to do these roles. One has already signed on to do the movie and the other has verbally agreed and they're trying to get him to sign on. Now the question is this, um, these two movie stars, uh, Miller says have already been in comic book movies. So you have to pick two movie stars that have already been in comic book movies that you want to see play these two characters. All right. So here's what I think Hollywood's going to give me. I think I'm going to get Seth Rogen right oh, okay he was in a comic movie he was in uh green green hornet mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't read anything about this so i don't know who they are so i don't know uh, they haven't said it's, they haven't said released no oh man uh but you know you, oh who i would like who's yeah. been in a comic book movie um shit I hate when you drop these on me, dude. I have to like think of like think people. It's a tough one. I, no, I'm people just... understand it's it's under a time, so you're not you're not Keep married to these answers. Josh. Keep I was stalling. gonna say like uh, I don't think Seth Green would. Or I don't think Seth Rogen would be good, but I can see him getting pulled to do it. Uh, and then you need like so he's like the non, he's like the loafy one. Even though there's not a loafy one right. in the comic book, I think you pick a loafy one, and then you pick like a non, you like a smarmy one. Uh, and I would say, is it going to be Thor. James James Franco and Seth R- Seth Rogen? <laughs> it might be. I was going to say uh, Thor. Oh, but, Chris uh, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he could play one of those. I was thinking, who is the guy from uh, plays Charles Xavier in the new X Men? Oh, he would be oh, good. Oh, yeah, as one of them, I think. Yeah, um, that's not bad. I don't know if he's like funny, and I don't know if he's like. Right, Joke's he's just not enough. that plucky. Yeah, and both of them are. They have to. I think in order to make this work in the film, they have to have someone who's a little bit more the straight man. They're both kind of goofy in this. Um, I know. I guess one is more goofy; the other is impulsive. Yeah. So you'd have to really play that up, amp that aspect of the character up. What about you, Roscoe? Who do you want to see play these characters? That's a tough question because you said, "Is my do my parameters have to be limited to they've already played comic book people?" Uh, I will remove those parameters. Okay. <laughs> and in, in anticipation for anticipatory set, I will say you are free to answer <laughs> any way you wish. I really think you guys said it best with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, Wilson. I think they would actually be pretty good. They would have if, good chemistry, you know? If you could give me Vince Vaughn from, uh, like, Swingers, okay. Swingers area Vince Vaughn, if we could go back in time, this is a time, ta- time travel show, Vince Vaughn from Swingers, and then, uh, oh, man, I'm going to change it because, I like, now that you've taken away the parameter, uh, Vince Vaughn from Swingers era... And then, so he's the impulsive one. Right. And then the funny one, I don't like Owen Wilson. Me neither. I don't, there's something about him. Uh, the funny one, can we do Luke Wilson? I'm going to do Luke. I'm going to go with his brother, who hey, I appreciate. I know it's a traitor to our generations, but who, um, God, I'm so bad with actors' names. Uh, the guy from um, Zac Efron. Uh, yeah, I can see him do it. I can see him do it. I don't or know that I'd like. But... just get Tenacious D. Tenacious yes. D will do both these characters. <laughs> Tenacious D back in time. It has nothing to do with this book, but it's still called Chrononauts. 
wait a minute jack black and vince vaughn jack black and vince vaughn <laughs> there it is you can throw in ben stiller there as uh the tommy lee jones looking motherfucker and then we can go no, if, if, if tommy lee jones is not in the movie if tommy lee jones is not in the movie i'm gonna riot i'm gonna fucking it. riot <laughs> Well, that's the first thing I thought. That, that's fucking Tommy Lee I Jones. I thought it was Nixon. I was like, that's Nixon. <laughs> no? Didn't Tommy Lee Jones play Nixon? No, I don't think he did. But <laughs> uh, So let me ask you this. Let me add, this is that we're talking about time travel. You have the time travel suit. Roscoe, mm. I'm going to let you think about this. And I'm going to let Travis go first. Oh. Travis, what do you do? You got your time travel suit. What are you doing? And don't say kill Hitler. No, I don't want to say kill Hitler. In fact, they actually – I didn't even think about this in going back through time, but they kind of they, – they used they used in the book, and I was like, that would be my – now that I see it, that would be my thing. Going back and seeing the first creature crawl from the primordial ooze onto land. I mean, what bigger moment can there be in history than that? I mean, there's the fun stuff, you know, like, you know – but they kind of describe that too. Like you know? sleeping with Marilyn Monroe? Right, like that. yeah. That. <laughs> All right, Roscoe, you got your time traveling suit. What are you doing? Well, mine's pretty recent. I was at Taco Bell last week, <laughs> and I I ordered uh, like four soft tacos and a quesarito, and they didn't give me my fucking quesarito. I would go back and get that <laughs> quesarito. Because well, you live so far away from a Taco Bell. That's that not true. <laughs> by the time you realized it, by the time you realized you didn't have it, it was the next day. That's <laughs> Uh, they're open late really, you can go I'm like 24 really, 7 i'm married i got kids i do what i do what i'm supposed to do <laughs> what i would actually do i think i think uh that's why i liked because uh josh did tell me that in preparation of the podcast you asked to pick a couple favorite pains and stuff i am a lover of science i would go back to some of the greatest moments i think i would go back to the big bang and I would go back to when the the first uh, reptile crawled out of the ocean or to to uh, to lay its eggs or whatever it did. And I would go back to where the the monkeys are staring at the monolith. Wait, no, that's, <laughs> that's different. But no, I would I would go back to all those greatest moments. I'd love to listen to a lecture by Galileo when he was that's lecturing on that's physics. Uh, I'd like to talk to Carl Sagan, even though he's a not quite like myself. We share some scientific opinions. You know, I don't want to turn this into a political show, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I would go back and talk to all my greatest heroes that inspired me to be the science person that I am now. Um, Carl Sagan, Galileo, who uh, I'm not trying to get all serious, but Galileo was persecuted by a church that he loved for the sake of the scientific truth. Even there's a rumor out there that I've read in some of the there's a book I read that had a bunch of Galileo memoirs. You know, he was standing in front of the Catholic Inquisition, and they're asking him to redact the claims that he made in a book where he was um, observing the moons of Jupiter circulating or orbiting around. And they say that he redacted his claims, but under his breath he muttered um, that they still orbit, which was at that time you know, heresy to think that the Earth wasn't the center of the universe. Anyway, there's your science lesson well, for the you day. Could go, you could go with Josh, go watch the lecture, and then be like, Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro. If no, that's no. not – dude, you just wrote a scene in the movie. You just wrote a damn scene in the All movie. All right. Mark Miller. Sorry I called you Millar, but I meant I, – I was. I'll do respect, sir. I had this great scene. Uh, and Time Bomb by Rancid and Galileo. We're, we're going to get the rights to it. It's going to be fine. 
about right. you, Josh? What do you go see? Woodstock? Uh, Woodstock would be a blast. Woodstock would be a blast. I'd like to go back in time and see the Ramones at like one of their first gigs, right? Like an early Ramones show when they played everything 30 miles an hour. I'd like oh, to go see that. Totally get a VD. <laughs> or go back and see some fucking dinosaurs, dude. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to go Josh, dinosaurs. He's yeah. always been into dinosaurs. He didn't right? tell you none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like comics and dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Dude, I have dinosaur wallpaper in my bedroom, so. I do want to add one. I want to go yeah. back to when um, it was like the height of the Cold War and the Olympic United <laughs> States team played the communist Russian hockey team. I don't yeah. know what. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the miracle, on the miracle on Ice. Yes, yes, thank you. That's 84? what I want to see. Uh, no, that's the uh, book. 19, I don't know what it is. 82? I don't know. When the you keep show. making choices like that. We're going to take away your time suit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to go to Canada hockey. in the middle of winter to watch some Canadians play or Americans play hockey. All right. So, Travis, let's yes, talk Josh. art. Let's talk art. Let's get serious. Let's talk you, art. You... You stated oh, your love for Sean Murphy I, earlier. I do. I I am going to make a dec- declaration right now. Uh, I like me some Tokyo Ghost. I just read Wake. Um, I every time I go to um, Barnes and Nobles, I flip through Punk Rock Jesus, and I didn't know he was actually on Chrononauts. And he gave me the book, and I got super excited. I freaking love Sean Murphy. I'm going to make this statement right now. As of this moment, right now, in this time frame zone Sean Murphy is my favorite comic book artist working now in comics Ooh, I said it high, I said high it praise. I said high it praise. here's what I love here's what I love I love um, the, I love the pencils how the pencils come through the art I love how every there's so much going on in each panel there's these little tiny details that just bring out the humor and it's just for a lack of a better understanding of art it just makes everything look cool like it looks very <laughs> like it, it's it's just like grungy the pencils come through but at the same time it's not like oh what am i looking at here like there's a clear understanding and you know what i think his nose is freaking rock everyone has the same exact nose in this book they it's do like a they do nose it's a, have a, little, Murphy. a little hooky nose <clears throat> I will say I would agree with you. Uh, he's not my favorite artist, but the art in this is fantastic. Sean Murphy can draw any vehicle you ask him to draw, and it looks on point. It is great. He draws he draws tanks. He draws fighter jets. He draws freaking muscle cars. Everything in there is detailed and looks really great. I don't have the book in front of me right now because you have it, Travis. But gotcha I not. will agree. The art is sketchy, and it feels – I think you said the right word. I think grungy is the, the word. I've used punk rock to describe art before. I don't think this is punk rock art. I think this is grungy art. Yeah, it's – everyone's got like the, – the lines on everyone's – like he, he keeps yeah. lines on. Most artists would erase those and have that, you know, that clean on there. looks like everyone has Wolverine whiskers. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I agree with him completely. Absolutely. I thought the art was pretty spectacular, and I have a thing for that halfway, partially sketchy type art. That's that's something that always attracts me to comics. Is that is when they they leave it in. They yeah. leave that that rough look to it. The cross I loved it. hatching on the faces. Yes, that's just left yep. in there. Yep. It was it was a uh, really pretty to look at. Really great. The colors were a little dull at times. I said that's probably that's probably my only beef. Uh, but otherwise, it's spectacular. It, the art in it is great. Uh, it it serves the story so well. You know what I mean? Like everything he does in there just looks great. All the vehicles look good. 
the people, even though they all have the same nose, except for Tommy Lee Jones, like the whole thing. Well, the it, cost, was, it was fantastic. The costume designs are are all, just the character designs. Like the suits look badass. The 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 kind of pseudo villain in the, the villain in this. Yeah. There's a couple of villains, but like the the ancient guy. Yeah. Um, he looks badass. Uh, and then you look at like these long splash. I know it's dark in here. You can't see these long splash pages. There's stuff happening all the way in the back of the panel. There's little bridges in the back with little choppers coming in over the bridge, a line of cars that goes back. I mean, I don't know how he has time to do all these books and keep them so detailed. Well, the <clears throat> Civil War scene, too, is another one. You talked about the dull colors, but if you look at the Civil War scene, that one's probably got the best coloring out of all of it. And again, it's got a lot going on for not very much um, space taken up there. It's in the I bought them as singles, so it's in the first one. Ooh. You know, <laughs> it reminds well, me of, they didn't have the trade paperbacks, and I paid for money. I, I had to ride right my bike 20 miles to the next town, and they didn't have the trade paperback. Um, I, You know what it reminded me of? It reminds me uh, – Sean Murphy reminds me a little bit of Scolari, like that black science art. Yeah, 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 but, very much. But less abstract. Like mm. uh, The like, jaws aren't as long. Like It's not as – there's certain features that Scolari does that are much more cartoon cartoonish. Yeah, yeah. Who do you like better? Said, um, I mm. think I like Scolari better <gasps> just because just because it's so it's wacky. I think I like the weirdness of it, and right. that's this. That's probably more the story than the actual art. I think right. that I, I think I enjoy Black Science in a different way because it's a lot. It's a little deeper. It's not a fun four issue romp. It's like by the time you finish the first trade, you're like, what the hell is going on? And so you got to dig a little deeper. Uh, but love the art on it. Thought it was fantastic all around. Congratulations, Sean Murphy. You are Travis's favorite comic artist right now. You've made it. You've really uh, made it. Um, High praise. Let, He's going to put that on the you're, next you're, when Chrononauts favorite. comes back. It's going to say Chrononauts. Chrononauts comes back. It's <laughs> going to say uh, <laughs> Travis's fave artist. High praise. That's what it's going to say. High praise. <laughs> Comicexposure.com on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> all right. So. Here we go. We love the art. The story was fun, fast-paced. I would say, it. me personally, I read it in one sitting. I didn't have it in single issues, and I kind of blew through it one night. Travis, you said you read it like an hour after I gave it to yeah. you, right? I read it in the bathtub all sexy-like with bubbles. Oh, you want this back? You want this back, Josh? You want this copy back? <laughs> Come and get it. And then Roscoe read it over like four weeks because uh, he's an old man. <laughs> <laughs> he had to hide out like in the attic, like Never Ending Story, and be like, Shh, "I can't be distracted," <laughs> like with a blanket over him. <laughs> he brought that peanut butter sandwich back with him. Uh, <laughs> full circle, full circle. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to know, uh, Roscoe. We usually ask at the end of this, "Would you recommend this?" and "Who would you recommend this book to?" Uh yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, I'd recommend it for I think the. That's a tough one. Who do you recommend it for? I think it's light enough for anybody to anybody to get into it, but you got to be willing to accept that these these guys. Because my wife read it also, and she didn't like the character. She couldn't get past the fact that these guys were a couple of assholes, super, you know, super douchey, <laughs> you know? and they don't treat women very well in this book. <laughs> no, no, no. And so I would recommend it to anybody that likes plucky, fun stuff. So it's a good starter set. It's not too heavy on story. They leave all that sci-fi time travel stuff out of it, and they just get right down to what you said. It's a couple of guys having a fun romp through time. And uh, so I think it's pretty pretty much a good introductory book. All right, Travis, who are you giving this to? 
I like this because, um, one, I think I like the art. So I like the idea of giving this to someone and being like, I really dig the art in this, regardless of the story. I like how it's four issues. It's a quick read. And because it's it, it follows the same vein as like a buddy comedy film, like it almost seems like a film, like a short, like you said, like a storyboard for a film yeah. in there. I think it's very accessible to anyone. So I think anyone who just kind of likes a zany, fun romp, like it's like uh, if 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 I'm sitting around and I'm doing like um, Tropic Thunder quotes with someone and we're having a good time, I'd be like, "Oh man, you should check out this book, dude. It's funny." People do that Tropic Thunder quotes. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing blackface. <laughs> oh, oh. So the dude doesn't know what other dude is. Uh, <laughs> What it's about only, you, Josh? I've never heard someone do a Tropic Thunder quote until right now. Really? Until okay, right good. now. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to do another podcast called Tropic Thundering. <laughs> Thundering through the tropics with Travis. Um, so I would – I love – I think the same reason that you said, Travis. It's – as someone who tries to give people comic books because I want to go, look, it's it's not just for nerds. It's not just guys in their underwear flying around and it, 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 through, the, through the clouds. It's not just Superman. You can have a fun story with it. Um, I don't know that I'd give it to any diehard science fiction no, guy because I don't right, think it no. serves that. I don't think it serves that. Uh, but I love that it's four issues. I love that it's a complete story, even though they might do more. I love that this is a one and done. You're done with it, right? And so you can give it to someone and go, "This is what comics. This is what comics can do. This is this is a vein that comics can do. You can read four issues and you're good. You got the story, right? You don't have to worry about." Like when you give someone your bucket full of uh, why the last man. Now <laughs> this is no why the last man. Right. I don't don't misconstrue that. This is yeah. why the last man is an epic tale that is fantastic and wonderful, which just happens uh, to be told in comics. Yeah, it just happens to be told in sixty freaking issues. Yeah. Uh, but this is a one trade. You're good. Kind of like the way that I loved witches because it was one trade. It was done. It served a purpose. It like, here's a horror book. This is a, a funny buddy comedy through time, yeah. you know? So yeah, you can hand it off to somebody. not necessarily a graphic novel the way, yeah. like, the intensity of Underwater Welder or yeah. some of the other, you know, one-offs that we've read. This is, like, that first movie in a franchise, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's more, but they'll come out later, and they'll be self-contained as well. Speaking of which, they are going to do some. It's, it's scheduled to release this summer. The second uh, round of Chrononauts. So pitch me where you'd want to take these people. I I want to run. I'd want to run with the reality TV aspect of it because they've shown that they could do it and they had cameras, right? That was part of it. I'd like to see them go back and uh, just have a, I don't know, like go to go film something and have something go horribly wrong and then have to travel through time to fix it, right? right. I don't. I don't know who you, I don't know what evil villain you go see throughout history. I don't think you make it Hitler, but I think like you go try to film something or they've been sent to go fix something in time. But when they fix it, it fucks everything up. Right. And so they have to go back and and unfix their fix. You know, I don't don't know what it would be, but that seems like it would like they go back to fix the stock market. So it never crashes. (laughs) Right. Right. And then, and then I don't know, something fucks everything up. (laughs) All right. Roscoe. I want to play off of what you said, but I had thought about this too because, you know, towards the end, no spoilers, they really do leave it wide open. So 
uh, I think what would be potentially nice is to have some kind of villain out there that now that that technology is out there, right? The technology for time yeah. travel is out there. Like all technology, somebody's going to get the hands on it. And if you still have like nations competing in the world, you could have people going back in time and try to fuck up the timeline. These guys then become the true heroes and have to try to fix that timeline over and over and over again for 300 issues, you know? I like that. Let's say we age, we age them five years, and then we have the villain be like some snotty teenager who gets hold of the suit, which is even more extreme version that they were in time. No, and no I think you have, like, you have like, the, like a young Google-like executive, yeah, right? Like, like a Jesse <laughs> Eisenberg-type character. Yeah, yeah, he gets a hold of it. Well, they're doing they're not doing either of those gentlemen. They're going to the future, which I don't know how ah. I feel about cuz it's the obvious choice, but that's not what's that's not what's fun about this book. You can't mess anything up in the future. Yeah. The stakes aren't there. Yeah, we don't know what's funny to play off of. And there's so much in history that they haven't gone through um that it, it just seems like a waste of this great trope they've set up. That's a bummer. Hmm. Yeah. I am a little bummed. Oh well, what can you do? Not pick up Chrononauts. <laughs> I'll pick it up anyways because I'm a- I will too because I love you, Sean Murphy. Here's my I want to have your babies. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you little artist butt babies. That's right. I'm taking in this scenario. Great. He's right. The art is great. I loved um I loved the art. That was my I like favorite it more part. than the story. Yeah, I like the art yeah. more than the story. All right, gentlemen. Do we do we are we gonna have a playlist for this? Joshua oh, Buckley? Yeah, there's a, there's a playlist up right now. If you go check on Spotify, you can listen to our playlist. I'll make sure it's tweeted out. Uh, you can check out this our Spotify playlist for this. It's filled with some glorious stuff. In fact, Travis mentioned a couple songs that will be on that playlist. So you can – it's there already. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for turning it in to Comic Exposure. Remember that you can find us on Twitter, at Comic Exposure. You can find us online. Travis just made the website look pretty. It's uh, ComicExposure.com. We're also on Facebook, which is rarely updated, but you can go check it out at uh, Facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. Uh, Twitter is our, our oh, piece de resistance. You are, you are like the Twitter god. I, 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 get, am... I get like anxiety sweats, like the way you tweet it up. It's... It's impressive, my friend. It's impressive. <laughs> so if you want to follow us on Twitter, please do so. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Write us a nice review. Uh, tell your friends about it. Even your friends who don't like comic books go, man, you should listen to this because these dudes, these dudes here, they're dope. These dudes it, right here? <laughs> her? Right here? Are right dope. her? Are dope. Are dope. Yeah, are dope. Be, a little, be a little more cool about it, Josh. They're dope. I'm, I'm, not, they're dope. I'm not cool. They're dope. All right, so Roscoe, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thank you, Roscoe. Me. You are dope. You are dope. You're Roscoe, you can come back on the show anytime. I would love to be. I want to come back on when you guys are talking about other dork shit because yeah. I just love this. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do a uh, variant episode with Roscoe. That sounds like a good idea. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next trade. <laughs>